today on the family. And this is my uh, this is my first sermon in the series. It's, it's foundations. That's where we should start, don't you think? Yes. It's important to get some foundational truths uh, to start with uh, for the uh, for the for the whole series. I, I'm beginning this series. There's no, there's so much to learn uh, from the Bible on this subject and all of the different aspects of family that we will look at over the next several weeks. We'll look at the institution of marriage, the purpose of the family, and how it should function. How many of you know we got some we got some family problems in a lot of families? A lot of homes have a lot of problems. And uh, we wanna, we're going to talk about creating a healthy home spiritually. We're, we're going to talk about raising children. Amen. I don't know if the public school is going to teach you how to raise your kids, but I'm going to teach you. Amen. The Bible has a lot to say about it. We're going to talk about in-laws and outlaws, whatever they be. We're going to talk about the roles of the husband and the wife in the marriage and in the home. We're going to talk about kingdom parenting, something we probably some of y'all have never even heard of or never thought about. But there is a way to parent your children with the kingdom mindedness. Amen. So I believe this is one of the most important subjects to the body of Christ today in this hour. And I, I've been wanting to teach this again for a long time, and I just didn't feel right about the th- different times. There were some other things that God really wanted me to teach on, so I did all that. But we're here now. We're at this point where I believe it's very important, especially in this time where we're bombarded daily through the media and culture around us here in America and around the world with their opposing opinions uh, which are not biblically based at all. And uh, listen, if you're a Christian, then then you have a a, uh, a a compass here. I mean, this is a like the plumb line. This is the standard of our morality is based on the Bible. And and the people that have opinions a lot of times, you ask them, well, where's your where's your standard? What what do you base that on? Whatever they whatever their opposing views are. We have something we can go back to, and it's the Word of God. This is our standard, and this is what we stand on. If you're a Christian, this is what you do. This is the the standard you go back to. This is the default place. (laughs) Amen? So, uh, God instituted the family, and He uses family to transmit the knowledge of God to the next generation. And if you're not teaching and, and passing down to your kids and grandkids the knowledge of God and who God is and all about God, then you're missing what God's intended for you to do, your, His intended purpose for the family. It's vitally important that we as Christians know what the Bible teaches us about raising our kids, marriage, and family in general. So I've been wanting to teach this, and here we are. I really believe Maranatha Church is on the verge of tremendous spiritual breakthrough. I really do at this time. You know, our attendance has gone up this year. So far this year, our attendance average has gone up. We're averaging almost 160 per Sunday, which uh, is a lot better than it has been in the past. So we're getting on up there. I really am looking for us to break the 200 barrier this year. Amen? And it's not about numbers. I'm not about numbers. It's about... People to teach and spread. The more people that come to Christ and come to Maranatha, look, I know what we're teaching. I don't know what a lot of others are teaching, but I know what we're teaching. And uh, so I'd like to teach more people. Amen? Amen. Amen. So 
Uh, I, but I believe we're, we're on the verge of uh, really a big spiritual breakthrough here in our church. And if Satan can bring strife and division and confusion among us and in the families, he can stifle the plans that God has for us as a whole uh, body of believers here. And he can cause uh, you and the families in this church a lot of pain if we don't know what he's doing. Amen? So we cannot and we will not allow that to happen. Amen? So I believe these teachings will help us all grow and become mature in not only the Word of God, but also in the love of each other and our families. It's so important to me uh, before services that I come around and I meet all of you and I get to shake your hand and I get to hug you. It's, that's important to me. That's a big part of the service in my eyes that I get to meet you all. And I, I probably missed some of y'all uh, this morning, but, but I want to I meet you. I want to know all of you. I try to remember your names as best I can. It takes me a while sometimes, but I'm working on it. Amen? And uh, I want all my elders and deacons to know all of your names as well. Hello. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So I want to start off the series with the basic foundational truths that are found in Scripture of how it all got started. And it's all God's design. It's not man's design. Family is not man's design. This was God's designs from the very beginning. He said, he said to the Father, to the Son and the, and the Holy Spirit, He said, let us make man in our image. Let us make man in our image. And they, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit were already a family. Amen? And so He said, let us make man in our image. And, and that's what He did. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1. And as we go, I'll pray. Father, I pray that You'd give me wisdom and understanding and knowledge and the ability to translate this message to bring forth the message that you have for me to share today. In Jesus' name, may it be clear and understanding to everyone in this room. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. And what God blessed here was the uh, relationship of marriage between husband and wife. And let's look at that real quick in verse uh, Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Sometimes we just read, I'll explain that a little bit later, but sometimes we just read over that and say, what? But uh, then in verse 28, then God blessed them and, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Man is the only one who was made in the image of God. When we go to heaven, we'll see that God resembles a man. Now. Although God doesn't have a, a physical body, the Bible talks about his hands and his feet, his mouth, his hair, all the different attributes that mankind ha uh, God has, God has. And so God created everything else, all the animals and all the birds and all the other things, out of his imagination. But he created man in his image. For God doesn't look like a horse. Or a cow. Or a camel. And all the other created things that God created out of His imagination. Never did it say they were created in the image of God. Only man. 
But man alone was created in the image of God. Here's a great way to look at this. God took out of himself and made a man. And then from man, he took out of man and made the woman. A masterpiece, I might add. (laughs) Come on, ladies. You missed a perfect chance for a hallelujah. Mankind is different than anything else God made. God didn't take animals out of himself and create them. No, they were created out of his imagination. But man, he created out of his own image. That ought to make you feel special. And really, it should make us feel more special than we do. We are created in the image of God. Every one of us. Why do you think it's so important to him that we don't kill babies? Amen. Because even in their mother's womb, he, he created them. He formed them, the scripture says. Now, Genesis 127 is, uh, is confusing to some, so let me explain it clearly to you. It says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, this man that God created in his own image, we know as Adam. Where's Adam? He's gone. He's not here right now, huh? Oh, there he is. That's Adam. That's him right there. Adam. The animals, all males and females, God created out of the dust of the earth. But woman, Eve, is so much a type of what Adam was like. Adam was taken out of God. And God took out of himself, of his own image, and placed in this earth, and then placed him in this earth, and then from from him, from Adam, he made Eve. He made her from Adam. Did you all know that? That's why that other scripture says, male and female, he created them in Adam. She's the only female of any species that was taken from the male. Had y'all ever thought about that? Unique and everything. Do y'all believe that? I mean, if you're a Christian, we believe this from cover to cover. The maps. We believe it. It's true. She was taken from the rib of Adam. And her inward man was taken from Adam's, his inward man. Because when God placed him on the earth that day, he actually put Eve inside of him. Male and female, he created them. And one day sometime later, he took her out of the inward man of Adam and then made her body from his rib. And we call her today, whoa, man. (laughs) Whoa, man. And then God blessed them, it says in Genesis 1.28. Come back, come back, come back. Some of y'all are, some of y'all are visualizing there. It's just a rib. It's been a pain in our side ever since. No. I take that back. Can I? Can I take no? All right. And then God blessed them, it says in verse 28 there. It says, This was the first, and this was the first wedding ceremony. Right here. People say, well, where's, where's God? Where did he marry somebody? There it is right there. 
when, you, when, some, when a couple comes together and we do a wedding, I always bless them. So God brought them together. He brought them together. He had a ceremony. He blessed them right there. And said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion on, over everything that moves about on earth. Five things here. we got five things that He told the first couple to do. Number one, He said, Be fruitful. And I believe this means to bear the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, live a godly life. Live a life that honors God. Being fruitful is what, that's a command from God for us. Amen. As we marry and we come together as a couple to be fruitful. Live a godly life, a life that honors God. Number two, he said to multiply, reproduce. And he just didn't say have a bunch of kids. He said, have a bunch of godly kids. That's what I think he means when he said, reproduce. More, make more children to worship and have fellowship with God and with man. Godly children. Make godly children. Amen. It's a job. It's a full-time job. It is. But, I, but that's the purpose of a couple. Listen. I don't know if you see all that. I don't know if you just ever just read through Genesis there and understood all that. But this is the truth. This is what God wants you to do as a couple. Number three, he said, fill the earth. God wants us to fill the earth with the knowledge and love of God. He's placed mankind to be His helpmeet here on this earth to spread the good news into all the earth. Fill the earth. Don't just fill your house. Fill your workplace. Fill your school. Fill your family. Train your family. Teach them about God. If you're not doing that, you're neglecting what God has called you to do as a parent. We're going to get into some details later on in some, some of the teachings in the series. So it's going to be good. You're going to love this series. Yeah? It's going to be so good. Number four, subdue. Subdue simply means to overcome all the obstacles that are going to, that are going to come at us. And they're going to come. Uh, you know, Satan is still kind of ruler over this earth through the curse. But we've been redeemed from the curse. If you're a Christian, you've been redeemed from the curse. You have in you the power and capacity to overcome. Everything. Not some things. Everything. And so, subdue means to overcome or to control. You can control what comes in your house. You can control what your kids learn. And I want to tell you something. It's very important that you instill in them a godly heritage before they get into school. Because once they get into school, then they got, they got them for eight hours or however many hours they go to school. And they are, they're, putting, they're inputting into their lives. They're downloading stuff into their lives. And then their friends are. So you need to do that early in life. You need to teach them about God. My, I told you all before, my, my, my daughter, when she was four years old, got filled with the Spirit, speaking in tongues, at four years old. Subdue means to overcome or to control. We, we face temptations daily that we must subdue, overcome, and control. Amen. And you need to teach your children how to do that as well. Amen. Number five was to have dominion. And this simply means to enforce God's authority and power. 
in your home, in your life, in your marriage, in your kids' lives. God says for mankind to rule. Amen. Another definition for uh, dominion is govern. To govern. Having dominion means ruling over everything that moves about on the earth. Don't be afraid of anything. You're, you're no longer a slave to fear. Yeah, amen. You've been, you've been, you're a child of the king. And, and you can call all heaven to come to your side if need be. You should never fear what Satan tries to bring your way. Amen. You should have dominion. You should subdue it. You should control it. You have power and authority. Amen. Amen. To have dominion is to be in total power and authority. And that's who God's called us to walk in. That's what God has commanded us to do and be. Now, let's look at Genesis 2, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend it and keep it. And the Amplified says to tend and guard and keep it. So when you see the word guard, it must mean that you need to guard against something, right? There must be something you've got to watch out for. and There, there must be something there uh, on this earth that man and woman must be watching out for. You need to remember that. You need to be re- remembering that. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean things are going to just, life is going to be hunky-dory all the time. What does hunky-dory mean? And where'd that come from? <laughs> Okie dokie. Okie dokie. But both man and woman have been given authority over the enemy of this world. And now we know they gave it away. They gave it away, but Jesus got it back. Jesus got it back. And when you accept Jesus as your Savior, Lord, and Master, then you got it. Then you got it. Say, I got it. I'm not looking for it. I got it. I'll get it one day. No, you got it. If you got Jesus, you got it. Now look at verse 18. And the Lord said, It is not good that man should be alone. Everything else he made is good, is good, is good, is good. He got there. It's not good for him to be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And the amp says, A helper meet, suitable. Adapted, complimentary for him. There she is. My help meet. The literal Hebrew text of verse 18 reads this way. And you need to get this. You need to get this. It says, it is not good that Adam's strength is spread out this way. That's the real Hebrew translation. It's about what it really should be saying there. It's not good. That Adam's strength is spread out this way. It's saying literally that Adam is spread too thin. Guys, what do you think about that? Yeah. We need help, don't we, Rick? We do. We do. We really do. Honestly. Guys, if you're honest, you, you know you need help. You try to do everything, and you know you can't do everything. That's why you need her. Amen. He has too much to do and it's too much for him. He needs a helpmeet, not a helpmate. A helpmeet. A helpmeet is different than a helpmate. A helpmeet is someone who comes alongside to help meet the needs of the common goals. Wow. That's revelation. Somebody's getting revelation here this morning. Yeah. I know you've heard it. You just never thought it was from God. 
But it's so true, people. It's so true. The literal Hebrew text of the last part of verse 18 is this. says this, I will make someone to help Adam like Adam is helping me. Amen. You know what I tell young couples? They're looking for uh, someone to marry. Find someone who loves God more than you. That's the one. Amen. That's the one. Find somebody who loves God more than you. That'll be a great mate. Amen. What was, what was Adam made to do? Help God. He was made to help God. The foundation of our relationship with God and our relationship with each other is one of serving each other and serving God. And in a marriage, people, listen to me. It's not a 50-50 thing. It's a hundred, a hundred. Amen. And, and you, listen, I want to tell you, if you want a successful marriage, you want a happy marriage... You serve one another 100%. Amen. And you'll have it. Amen. It's, it's real. Kim and I, the first seven, mar- seven years of our marriage, we were just selfish. Like some of y'all were too. But we didn't have God in our lives at the time. We weren't, we weren't letting Him participate in anything we did. We made all our decisions on our own selfish desires. And our own lust of the flesh. We did everything what we wanted to do. We didn't even ask God about it. Then when we started uh, going to Bible studies and began to come back to God, I came back. She was, our, she was just coming back. She got saved about 26. I got saved at 14. But I lived like a heathen for the next 12 years. Because I didn't have any encouragement. I didn't have anybody helping me, helping disciple me, encourage me. So, but God, every time I would try to do something wrong, I know this. Every time I would try to do something wrong or get to doing something wrong, the Holy Spirit would just convict me and say, you know, that's not who you are. I did. I never really heard that, but I felt that. Amen. Because God, God saw me here preaching one day. Because I was bad. I was, I was a heathen. Some of y'all know me. Y'all went to school with me. Y'all know. I was bad, and I'll admit it. But God got me. When I started following after God and chasing the things of God, everything began to transform you can get saved. You can come up here and get saved today and never go back to church. Or you're never going to change. You'll be saved, but you're not. You're missing out on the the radiant journey that God has for you. And I was. I was missing out. I could have done a lot through my teen years. I could have witnessed to a lot of people, and I didn't. I missed out on that. But He's making up for it today. Amen. I've led a lot of people to the Lord. I've baptized a lot of people. I've done a lot of things that I never thought I'd ever do. As a teenager, God's been good. He's been so faithful to me. Serving one another. How are we supposed to be great in God's kingdom? Serving. Be a servant to one another. Now, okay, now remember, God blessed the first marriage, Adam and Eve, and said to them together, one flesh, to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it and have dominion. Now, in order for us to have a strong foundation as Christians and also as a Christian family. We must have a good understanding of what God wants us to be, what He wants us to do. And men and women, men, man and woman out of all creation are the only ones who marry. Did you all hear that? Dogs don't marry. They just do their business and go. 
we got little Benji. We're babysitting Benji right now, my, my daughter's dog, this weekend. And I just open the door and he goes. Does his business and comes back in. That's not the business I was talking about. But y'all know what I mean. Y'all know what I mean. But God put a blessing on that marriage. Them being together. There's so many people today that don't marry. And they're missing out on the blessing that God has for marriage. Amen? Because in marriage, man and woman are suddenly complete. They become one. They become one. And in, in that when God took Eve out of Adam, He was incomplete until He woke up and the missing piece was given back. And in marriage, what was taken out is now given back. And that's how come the two become one because they were one in the beginning. Amen. Never thought of it like that, huh? They were one in Adam, and now they were, then they were separated. Then God put them back together, and that's how God declares that the two shall be as one. Amen. I'm going to use that in my next wedding. No two animals complete each other. No two animals do. Only man and woman. And that's why God put a blessing on this. It says, when God made man and woman, He blessed them. There's a blessing that is attached to marriage. God blesses marriage. I can't hear no amens. Or at least maybe they weren't loud enough. Yeah. Now, look over at Genesis chapter 2, verse 23. It says, and Adam said, this is, this is, this is man's first revelation in the Bible. He says, in Genesis 2.23, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. She was taken from him. She was a part of him. And then she was given back to him by God. And they were blessed. Amen. When you come together in marriage, you're... you're you're not just coming together to be married, but you're, you're in a covenant then. You, you come together in covenant with God in marriage. It's very important, it's, and it's something you shouldn't take lightly. Amen? Often we hear at weddings this quote that she, was taken, she wasn't taken from his head to dominate him or from his foot to be trampled on, but she was taken from his side to stand side by side with him. Amen? God never made woman inferior to man. <laughs> now, I want to tell you this. There's a lot to be said for that, that that men don't understand. Not all men understand. But she was a woman is not inferior to man. In, in, in strength and in, in, in talking about muscle strength, there's some differences. But I'm talking about in, in emotional strength. Men can't take it. Women can. Women take so much more than men. If it was up to me to have babies, we wouldn't have had nothing. How about any of you guys? I mean, I went through the <laughs> I went through the breathing classes with Kim in the Lamaze course we took back then. Forty-two years ago, we had our daughter. Forty-two years ago, wow! Can't believe it's been that long. I still remember it. She came out and had those little oil beads on her nose. I said, well, "Kim, what's that? What's that?" Those are just little oil beads. I don't know what that's. Babies. But Patrick, ooh, Patrick, whoa. 
I said, y'all, got, y'all must have got this somewhere else. <laughs> Patrick plays the guitar with us, if y'all don't know who that was. But when he was born, I thought, I thought a possum done snuck in there. <laughs> He'll get me back when he preaches. <laughs> we got a picture to prove it. Everybody says, all those babies are cute. They look just like you. No, they don't. They don't look like you. They don't look like nobody. God never made woman inferior to man, nor did He make man superior to woman. God blesses marriage, and man and woman are to function alongside one another as one. Amen. Now, they do serve individual roles. In the marriage and family, but they still function as one. Is this good? Are you are you liking this? I love it. I love getting into this again, man. It's so good. And uh, we'll talk about their individual roles in later teachings. We're going to get into that. So, but today I just wanted to establish and build a a good strong foundation to begin the series here about family, mankind, male and female has always been blessed by God, and then He's given them, or us, a commission. And we've got a job to do. You've got a job to do. You came on board. You surrendered. You're not yours anymore. You're His. Amen. I don't know. You know, when we get saved, whenever that happened for all of us, I don't know if we realized exactly what we signed up for. But if we read God's Word, if we get in the Bible and read it, we'll understand. Oh, oh, I'm supposed to be doing that. Oh, this Word will change you. It will transform your thinking. And if you get your believing right and your thinking right, you'll live right. It's just a, it's just a truth. It's just a by, You become a byproduct of what this Word does to you. Internally, spiritually, it'll change your whole way of life if you'll let it. But that's what the Word does. It's not anything anybody else is doing. It's, it's what the Word's doing. And you saying yes to it. You agree. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do that. Hmm. What a concept. God is right. We watched this movie, and we're going to show it. I told you all, the men, we watched this movie Friday night. Um, Saturday morning, yesterday morning. And it's so good. It talks about us being one, one blood, one race. We are. We all just got different... Tones of brown. The guy held up a white piece of paper by him. He said, look, that's white. I'm not a white guy. And he was a white guy. But it means not white as that paper. So we're all brown. We have just different shades of brown. We've got some tan. We've got some light tans. We've got some dark tans. We're all one race. We all came from Adam. One blood. What a concept. A lot of people don't believe that. But that's what God said. That's what God did. Amen. And and in that video, it'll explain. It goes through and explains why there's darker darker skins and lighter skins. Amen. And he he goes, he tells us exactly how we got a poodle. Yeah. (laughs) That's why some people look like they look. You'll you'll see when when you watch the video. Well, the poodle come in there. He's a poodle. He, he was saying how a poodle is like the lowest. It's, it's like the lowest genetic uh, a part of a dog. I mean, the outtake of a dog. All the dogs just started from a wolf. 
And then you ended up with a poodle pup. What a disaster. No. <laughs> Who's got a poodle in here? Oh, no. I didn't think anybody would have a poodle. How much did they pay you to take that dog? <laughs> I feel so blessed to be pastoring this church. I really do. I do. I really do. I'm blessed. And, and the reason I'm blessed, the reason I feel blessed in this church is because the Word of God takes precedence over any of our opinions. Amen. We all have opinions. And uh, the guy says at the end of that video, look, don't come down here after the service and give me your opinion. If you want to come down here and give me what the Bible says, I'll listen to you. But don't come down here and give me your opinion. I want, if, it, if you can't back it up with the Word of God, then I don't want to hear it. He was just very frank about it. And we need to be frank about it, too. When people want to argue with us about something, they say, well, where, where's your standard of argument? Here's, what, here's where mine is. Do you have something you go back to? Amen. But today the family is under attack. The institution of marriage is under attack. Forty percent of the babies born in America last year were born to unwed mothers or single mothers. Couples in Hollywood are on the cover of magazines and glorified as they announce that they're having a child and they're not even married. Now, I know people can make mistakes, and we do. We all make mistakes and ask God for forgiveness, but, but some believe it's perfectly all right, and it's not. It's not, all, it's not all right. It's not in God's eyes. It's not all right. As, as a Christian, it's not all right. But there is forgiveness. Amen. You made a mistake. You, you ask forgiveness and get up. And you keep going. But God blesses marriage and blesses both the man and the woman, and then they are commissioned to go and fulfill the plans and purposes of God on the earth. That's Bible, not me. That's Bible, not me. God doesn't bless premarital sex. Does everybody know what that is? Okay. No, nobody's admitting. God doesn't bless extramarital sex. I, look, I had to look that one up because I don't what, what? God doesn't bless fornication, adultery, and any other kind of sex. doesn't bless it. Do you all know that? Do you all know that's what the Bible says? Man, we, we grew up, Kim and I grew up back in the 60s. Love. Love was everywhere. Love the one you're with. It was the big theme of the, the, the decade. Love the one you're with. It doesn't matter. That's the way they all grew up. People, but, uh, but it was wrong. It was wrong. Where was the church? Where was the church to tell us, you know? It was wrong. God blesses marriage. And He blesses sex between the husband and the wife. And I'm personally glad that God invented sex between the husband and the wife. Amen? Amen. Guys, come on, come on, guys. You can do that in church. It's not something to be embarrassed about or ashamed of. It's perfectly natural. Amen. Marriage, family, it's God's design. And I believe it's going to be up to the church today to preserve and maintain these important institutions of society. The church needs to be very vocal about it. We don't need to be judgmental and condemnation, you know, and all that. We don't need to be condemning people. But we need to be loving people into the kingdom of God, teaching them the Word of God. The Word of God will transform people. We don't have to do that. 
Everybody's welcome in this church. You know, I saw a critical article about Hillsongs because they, they, they didn't endorse, they didn't embrace, uh, or uh, uh, a condemnation of the LGBT community. They didn't, they didn't embrace the condemnation of them. And it's not that they, it's not that they don't uh, disagree with that. Of course they do. They, they teach the Bible, but they welcome everybody and anybody that wants to come into that church. Because they know that as they preach the Word, just like we do here in this church, when we preach the Word, you receive it, you're changed. We don't have to do the change. We don't have to make the change. We just have to preach the Word. We have to preach the truth. What does God say? What does God say? This is our standard, and this is where we go back to. So everybody, I want everybody to come in here. I don't care what you are. Amen? What color? I don't care. Ain't no colors here. I don't care what you are, where you've been, what you're doing. You come into this church, God's going to change you. If you stick around here, you're going to get changed. And that's the truth, baby Ruth. Amen. We're going to teach some more on this subject in the coming weeks, and we'll pray specifically for marriages and families. And listen, if you're single, this, these messages will still be, blessing, be a blessing to you. So it'll help you understand the family and know what that it's God's design, not man's design. This is God's institution. And so right now, I told Kim I wanted to pray. We've got a few minutes left. I want to pray. Young, just stay seated. If you don't mind, just stay seated. And Kim and I are going to just pray for all the marriages in this room. Because uh, I, I know, I know uh, years ago, I began to teach a series on marriage or something. I did something on marriage. And man, the, the marriages just got under attack like crazy. Right after that week, the people come and tell me, oh, man, the devil just really, we got in a big fight and an argument. No, we ain't going to have that. Come here, honey. So we just want to take a moment. If you're not married, just pray with us and agree with us. If you're married, hold your mate's hand. Have a hold of them right now in Jesus' name. And let's just pray. Everybody in this room, let's pray. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these marriages in this room right now. We ask your blessings upon them. We thank you, Father, that you have blessed them. You have called them to, to do you, what your will, your purposes and plans on this earth. Even as a couple, Lord, they may not have thought that they had all these things to do. But, Father, it's such a joy to serve you in this world and be an example for what you called us to be in Jesus' name. We ask you to strengthen these marriages, Father. We ask you to just, if there's problems in any of these marriages right now, we pray, Father, that they would come to the understanding that they are here to serve you and serve one another. Serving one another 100%. It's, it, we just come against selfishness and lustful, selfish desires of the flesh. Father, we come against that in Jesus' name. We ask you to cleanse their thoughts. Help them, Lord, to be one. Help them to become one as you've called them the day they got married. To be one together in Jesus' name. You got something, Ken? Good? Amen. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless every marriage in this room. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. So, also, let me just tell you, if you're, you know, if you, if maybe you, maybe you've got kids. Maybe you've got kids that aren't serving the Lord right now, or they've got some problems. They're going through, through some things. Just continue to pray with them. But listen, when we get into the parts about 
kingdom parenting and stuff. It'll going to help you see. Listen, Jesus came, and, and Scripture says that He came and brought grace and truth together. Grace and truth. And as we parent our kids, and as we teach those in our household about the things of God, the kingdom parenting part is to see them also through the eyes of grace, the way Jesus saw you and brought you into, into the kingdom of God. And see others at your workplace. You know people that you know people who are struggling and who don't know God like you know them, maybe. See them in, through the eyes of grace. Have an opportunity. Be friends with them. Don't be enemies. Even if they're doing things you don't like, still communicate. Keep the lines of communication open. I know it's not always easy, but don't be an obnoxious Christian. You, you just cut yourself right off when you're obnoxious. If you go to people and you just all the time, oh, Jesus, bless you, Jesus, bless you, Jesus. Just, you know, you don't need to talk Christianese. They don't want to talk to you because all you say is, bless, bless the Lord, bless you. You don't have to do all that. You, I know you mean it, but you don't have to always verbally say it to everybody. People need to know, especially unsaved people, they just need to know that you're somebody they can trust. And when they hurt, they can come to you. And they will if you just become a friend to them. Jesus was a friend to the sinners. The Bible says He was a friend. And He went where sinners were. What you have in you is not of fear, but of faith. And God wants to take you and your faith and do awesome things through you. Give Him that place in your life. Amen. Come alongside. He's working in you and through you. He'll, he'll give you the things to say. The Holy Spirit is the one that's in you. He's giving you all the wisdom and understanding of what to say to people. He does that. You don't have to think it all up. Read your Bible. Read devotion. Kim got a new devotion and she started reading it. She started, she started telling me things about it. I said, man, that's good. I'm going to start reading that too. It's good. It's good for you. Amen. Let me pray and we'll close. Father, I just ask your blessings on all of these people in this room. Not just the married ones, but everybody in this room, Lord. Those, any of those, Father, that are in this room that have, that have made a mistake. You're the God of a second chance. And a third chance. And a fourth chance. You forgive, Lord. We, we thank you for them. We, we pray, Father, that they would come into that place of total deliverance and set free from, from the, their ways of thinking. We pray, Father, there are people that would receive you. You are love. That's who you are. And you want to help everybody. You want to make everybody better. So we ask you to bless everybody in Jesus' name. Amen. The first step of this radiant journey with Christ is coming to the Lord Jesus Christ. Just surrendering. Just saying yes to Him and no to yourself. Saying yes to His will and purposes in your life. Amen. We're going to have some people to come and pray. Where's my prayers at? Come up here and we'll be here to pray. We're going to dismiss.